0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Justice for Canadian veterans, especially for wounded veterans, at least we think anyway. I'm not so sure it's the end of uh, the game, but it's certainly probably a very positive step. The federal government has now agreed to pay $100 million to settle a long-running lawsuit with veterans who say they were discriminated against when Ottawa deducted their disability pensions from income replacement benefits that they received from Veterans Affairs Canada. This has been going through the courts or class action suits. Uh, they have reached a settlement. Joining us to talk about this is uh, Michael Blaze, president and founder of the Canadian Veterans Advocacy. Michael, thank you so much for the time. It's great to have you back on the program today.
1: Good morning, Bill. Happy news for a change.
0: It's about time, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it seems that I'm on your show an awful lot. Very seldom are we talking about something positive. So,
0: well, you know, it's something maybe the fact that you've been maybe the fact that you've been on here an awful lot is one of the reasons why we ta- are talking about something positive today. Uh, you know, well, the, the old greasy wheel gets the uh, the grease, or in this case, the money. This has been well, a long it's com- it's Been a long not- time coming, hasn't it?
1: Yes, and if that's the case, you're the oil can, my brother. So <laughs> I think I think we're we're doing well if if that's the case. But it has been a long time coming. You know, this uh, incident came forward when a uh, certain element of veterans were excluded from the uh, from the Fisup settlement a long time ago. I'm sure you can remember the conservatives. They were clawing back my pension, amongst others. It was an eight hundred million dollar settlement. It was huge. But at the time, they, uh, you know, nickel and dimed these four guys that were on the ELB program. And today, you know, to a certain extent, justice has been served. And I, I say that, you know, in the sense that this was a settlement. You're not going to get the full value of your dollar on return. But you are going to either receive 2500 or up to, you know, $50,000. I've read on one thing for those who were most seriously disabled and had a, a greater amount with their clawed back from their pension. So this is pretty exciting. I am I can honestly say I'm happy. The only downside I see is <clears throat> once again, you know, the government is making veterans pay for the lawyers fees. I mean, you know, I mean, we won, you know, they made us go to court over a basic fundamental fairness procedure. Uh, the fairness was decided on uh, behalf of the veterans. And yet, you know, we have to take, or they have to take $17 million out of that settlement to pay off the lawyers, which I I truly believe the government should be paying, not not the veterans.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, look, they're the ones that wronged the veterans. And, and by the way, we're talking about a significant number of people, over 12,000 veterans that were impacted by this. Uh, they've come to the settlement. I, I, I think it's incredulous that they would simply pass the costs of all this on to you.
1: Uh, And it was very disappointing because this happened during the uh, previous SISIP arguments, too, where, you know, that percentage of $800 million was uh, significantly higher. And, you know, as, as a client there at the time and as someone who's seen what I personally paid as my, you know, contribution to the lawyer's fee, I thought that was pretty well obscene. And I'm sure that uh, there are many who are quite happy today. Yes, we're getting some money back, and yes, we actually won in court, and that's an exciting thing. But, you know, I mean, full restitution's not happening here. And veterans should understand that. Yes, that there will be some, uh, we won in court, but it was a settlement. And when it's a settlement, that's the money that's provided, not, ex- not exactly what you were owed.
0: Uh, but but you know this is where the government gets you know into the wordsmithing idea here. I mean the headline as we just talked about, Mike, is you know a hundred million dollars uh, in settlement. Well, really it's eighty three million because the seventeen million is going to go to the lawyers and not to you.
1: Absolutely, but you know I I mean uh, you know the glass in this case is uh, way over half full, and I think for veterans, particularly advocates like myself who have been fighting for so long. You know, I mean, it's it's so hard to get them to give an inch, let alone $100 million. And I think that, uh, you know, I mean, you know, you're right. I mean, it was proactive advocacy on your part, on my part, on behalf of those who uh, stood up and actually formed a class action suit, those who were oppressed. And I think collectively, we we have had a victory today, but it is tempered by the fact that You know, we have to pay the $17 million lawyer fees on, you know, on disabled veterans. That's coming out of a disabled Canadian's pocket. You know, I think that's not fair. And I also think that, you know, when when the mistake was made, there should be full restitution to disabled people. I mean, I understand this was a lawsuit, but the reality was, you know, disabled veterans, those who had offered so much for your freedom... You know, were on the other end of the line. There, they were being disenfranchised. Our government was not acting in good faith. And uh, while you know we 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 can say they're acting in good faith on the settlement, we also must understand they made out pretty good on the deal as well, compared to what they would have had to fork out had they been one hundred percent liable.
0: My understanding is that there's going to be a, a court hearing in December. I guess to really finalize this and rubber stamp this, is there an opportunity to bring up the lawyers' fees at that time, or is that already done?
1: I think they've agreed on the lawyers' fees. You know, and, and, you know, I, you know people always say, oh, well, shoot the lawyers, right? Well, that's not the case here. I mean, if it wasn't for uh, Monsieur Grappel, for example, a veteran who I know, you know, uh, stepping up and, you know, the other law group taking this, they would get nothing. And that's the bottom line. You know, I mean, if they hadn't, hadn't organized themselves, if we hadn't got collectively motivated as a veterans community, that $100 million would still be in the government's coffers.
0: Yeah.
1: And now it goes to the judge. It's a more or less protocol. The judge has to, you know, go through the make sure they sign the I's and dotted the T's and all that stuff, right? You know, and to confirm it. But I mean, in most cases, it's just protocol now. Uh, the two parties have agreed on the issue, and now it's just uh, hopefully the group, the judge does, too, so we can actually see this money rolling. Because, you know, here's another thing people forget, but, you know, when you take a quarter of your income out of your income every every month, there's a compromise or, you know, an adversarial impact on your quality of life. Sure. And right now it's important, you know, to get this moving forward and to get this money rolling into these families, because right now, like I say, you know, you, you deduct a quarter of your income that you should be, and you have earned, and they're taking away, you know, I mean, it's a it's a, it's a terrible impact. Yeah.
0: Let me ask you about the, 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 the results of this. I mean, for instance, somebody who's g- going to get a check, and as you said, it depends on how long they've served, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, but somebody who's, say, going to get a $20,000 check, uh, are they going to have to pay tax on that?
1: Oh, I believe so. So they're but gonna
0: get—they've got your hand in your I, pocket already.
1: Well, you know, it, it, it's very—but it's your
0: money, Mike.
1: I know, I know, and it, it's the same with, uh, uh, you know, the sissip program. They tax that, you know, and even though it's a disability provision and it's like supposed to be comparable to workman's compensation in the city le- or the province level, where it's not taxed, they tax us. And that's something we have to work on because it's not fair.
0: Well, that's what that's what I was saying off the top. This this is a good victory, but this is not the end of the battles here because the the inequity here is still in the system, and and we've got to do something about that. I mean, the whole reason that you get these payments, and you've been very very clear in explaining this to us over the years, Mike, is because you've wounded veterans, and these are people that look at they need top up, they need income, and then the government says, well, okay, but we want our share back again. Well, that's it's it, that's that's a double standard.
1: You know, and uh, hopefully Doug Ford doesn't see that because he'll be uh, doing it to Ontario people on Workman's Compensation. Because, uh, you know, I mean, they're nickel and diming us. And the reality is, you know, they, they wrap uh, themselves in the veterans flag, but they're still taxing us when a normal Canadian who is disabled, who is covered under a provincial system, is not taxed.
0: Well, that's that's a double standard, once again. It just doesn't make any sense. That's
1: right. And there should be equality and recognition of a disability. And when, you know, we have men and women in uniform who have bled for this country, who are to be treated with a lesser standard on income replacement when they come home from the battlefield, you're right, that is a an egregious double standard.
0: There's been a new minister. Seamus O'Regan's been in there for a little while now. But I mean, we talked when he was appointed to this portfolio. uh, And and because you weren't overly impressed, I guess, with the previous minister, the previous two or three, actually, who seemed to to hear you but not really listen to you. Uh, Do you get the sense that there's a better relationship now? And and, and is this settlement an, an indication that maybe these guys are moving in the right direction?
1: Well, they may be moving in the right direction, but I'm not seeing any improvement in the relationship between uh, veterans and the new minister, frankly. You know, he's been on this dog and pony show going across the nation with Deputy Minister Nitenchik, uh, you know, telling veterans what they're doing. But he's being met on every occasion by veterans who have been disenfranchised by his government's decisions. And, you know, until we get a minister that's willing to listen to us and make effective changes, nothing changes. And, you know, I've been doing this since 2010. I've been through many ministers. I've heard all the lipstick. And, uh, you know, there's not much change now compared to what has been in the past, except, and to be fair, except on the government level, there's more money rolling towards veterans now but that's only as a consequence of of staunch advocacy on behalf of many of us within the veterans community.
0: Yeah, and and you know, those those trips to Ottawa or those meetings in other communities, I mean, <laughs> that's time consuming, it can be expensive. I mean, you know, this this is not the way it's supposed to be. There's right. a there's a there's a basic problem here and and you know, especially when it comes to this portfolio. Of course, when you're looking at veterans affairs, uh, you want the minister who's in charge of that portfolio to represent you, not represent the government to you. And and they seem to get that backwards all the time.
1: Yeah, and and you know they have an excellent opportunity. They have veterans within the Liberal Party who have been elected, who have the skills to be a minister, such as General Leslie or uh, Colonel McCrimmon, who was the Parliamentary Secretary. I mean, you know, they could have put a veteran in there who was dedicated to her troops or his troops, and, and it would have made a significant difference in the relationship. But but the government keeps picking a minister of the day that seems to be chosen for his television um, personality rather than his ability to, to establish command and control. And we've all seen, you know. I mean, we're dealing with prolonged veteran or waiting times. We're we're dealing with uh, people waiting for education for a year when it's supposed to be sixteen weeks. You know, we have all these issues at play, where is reflected directly upon the lack of leadership at the ministerial level. And yes, on behalf of General Matinchek, the deputy minister. You know, they brought him over there to uh, kickstart Veterans Affairs, and frankly, there's been very little change.
0: Well, because there's so many other things. I mean, this is this is one thing, and this is really something the government—it was their mistake. Uh, and they've rectified that. But, I mean, you're getting pennies on the dollar, but at least you're getting pennies, which is, I'll damn say, better than what you've had over the last number of years. But we still have to talk about some of these other things. And, of course, that's disability support. That's help for uh, people that are dealing with PTSD issues. Uh, and on and on it goes. And, uh, uh, the, you know, they're talking the talk right now, but clearly, I mean, for every day that they don't enact some of these programs or fund them properly, uh, you've got more veterans that are going to find themselves in dire circumstance.
1: Oh, yeah, and it's particularly egregious for those who have sustained mental trauma because, you know, they're living on the edge. They're uh, financially bereft until all this gets sorted out. You know, they're completely dependent on Veterans Affairs Canada during this transition period, and many of them feel they've been completely left adrift. The support elements that they were promised are not in place. The money that they were promised in order to establish that that quality of life, to be able to live as a Canadian without living hand-to-mouth, paycheck-to-paycheck, you know, it's not being provided. And, you know, we have to keep fighting, and uh, all Canadians have to keep fighting, particularly in the sense of the lifetime pension, where the uh, young fellows lost the uh, lawsuit a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, because this is a, a, a political issue, you know, veterans should transcend uh, partisan politics, that 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 we all, whether you're a minister of parliament, whether you're a senator, whether you're a citizen of Canada, should support our troops, make sure that they have everything they need when they come back from harm's way, because we have to acknowledge that we, Canada, sent them into that that, that that conditions of extreme mental and physical trauma and that we, as Canada, have an obligation to them.
0: What about some of the programs that the government likes to talk about and brag about, uh, things like the uh, the Service Income Security Insurance Plan, things of that nature, are they funded properly?
1: Well, you know, I believe that they should be non-tax, first of all. Right? Yeah. You know, we have citizenship go on our ELB, right, to, to have parity to a civilian level. And I think that it should be 100%. You know, I mean, they pay us low in the military as it is. And to come out and say, well, you know, we'll give you 75% on CISAP, that that, that puts you into a very stark financial zone, you know. And and that's the reason they came in for this anti-poverty threshold, because there were so many veterans living beneath that poverty threshold despite the fact that they were seriously disabled, you know, where there should have been more care, not less care available. And, uh, you know, funding for mental health, they, they they talk a good talk, but, you know, my friends are still dying, though. And we still have suicides rampant within our community. And we still don't have a facility to send these young men and women to when they're in crisis because the government's refusing to sponsor one. You know, they have this attitude where I'll download all these veterans' issues to the provincial system and we'll let them take care of it. And conversely, the provincial system, as we all know, is, you know, over as it is. And the professional cadre within that system is not necessarily trained to to cope with military or veterans' trauma. Right?
0: Exactly. And, you know, That expertise has to be there. Well, Mike, a a victory of sorts today, but it's still a long way to go. I appreciate you joining us today for this, and uh, we'll stay in touch. It's not over yet. All right, Bill. Thanks for calling. You betcha. Mike Blaze, of course, uh, the president and founder of Canadian Veterans Advocacy. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.